We're back for another exciting episode of Talking Ball, y'all. we got some great guests on the show tonight. Just remember, we are available wherever you find your podcast. So just please uh, subscribe, rate us, like us, uh, anything that you can do to help support the podcast. So once again, we got some exciting guests tonight. Just sit back and enjoy. Your family's health is our mission. At Highland Community Hospital and in partnership with Forest Health Systems, we offer a wide range of healthcare options. From our internal medicine clinic to advanced surgery and emergency services, from the Highland Center for Women's Health to our primary care and pediatric clinic, our goal is quality care for you and your family through the compassionate application of advanced medicine. Highland Community Hospital, the best choice for your family. We're thankful tonight to have Ross Ellinger with Sports Illustrated, a college football insider, jumping on the podcast tonight. Ross, thanks for taking time for the pod. Yeah, good to be here. Ross, man, if I had to ask you to start with good news rather than bad news, is there any good news <laughs> on the college football front? Well, uh, yeah, there yeah, has been uh, certainly our share of bad news lately. I would say the good news is I think it was uh, Tuesday that we got at least word that there was a, a vaccine that uh, was doing what it was supposed to do, uh, but it's nowhere near – um, it's nowhere near, I guess, complete, uh, but it might be by the end of the year. So certainly that's, that's some pretty significant, uh, new good news. You, you're also seeing, um, you know, doctors expected a pretty good spike, uh, you know, a week or two after 4th of July. And, uh, while we're seeing some spikes for sure around the nation, you're not seeing as much on college campuses, you know, so that's, that's good news. Uh, and then, you know, and I'll say this, uh, and we just had a story Wednesday evening drop on SI.com about this, um, but the SEC specifically is working toward having a season, you know, of some kind. Um, they are adamant about it, and, and uh, they're working to have a season. They've got some models of having a whole season. So you certainly nobody's given up on it just yet as far as uh, major college football is concerned. Ross, always try to do homework, of course, before we have a guest on. And uh, you and Pat Forty kind of snuck that one in. I, I guess it was posted probably about 20 minutes ago. And uh, the 8-2 model was uh, given in that. Uh, also, maybe an all-SEC plate, a 10-game all-SEC plate was mentioned in that article. Just kind of describe to our listeners uh, what that 8-2 model would, would look like to start with. Yeah, that's the most. It seems like that's the most preferred model. I, I'll, I'll remind everybody we're we're a long way from something being official on this. At least two to three weeks, maybe months away. If they keep delaying the start of the season, we could be a month or two away from a decision like this. But they're they're kicking around several models, and, and it seems like right now, at least, the most preferred model um, is is a an eight two model it's a 10 game schedule and you play eight conference games like you normally would and then you have two non-conference games and one of those two non-conference games would would uh be against a power five team uh and so that would allow uh the sec to preserve its 13 games uh against power uh, five conference teams um and they all come against the acc and the big 12 so the ACC, Big 12, and SEC, in a way, maybe kind of working in concert a little bit, um, trying to uh, 
you know, trying to get something done, trying to preserve uh, and save these uh, non-conference games. Because we all know that, uh, you know, a conference-only model uh, like the Big Ten and the Pac-12 have done is something a lot of leagues are going to go to. But give it to the SEC and, and uh, ACC and Big 12. They're, they're trying to save some of these big marquee non-conference games. Ross, when you look at that model, Jeff and I are both uh, Southern Miss uh, guys, and you have an Auburn-Southern Miss game on the slate that's a big buy game for Southern Miss, and, of course, Southern Miss's budget would need that buy game. Um, the potential for losing that and what that may mean um, for the group of five uh, schools and conferences, uh, the Dom, I believe y'all use in your article the domino effect. What would that be, the ripples of this? Well, it certainly would would be, you know, if, if the SEC does go to in eight game conference only schedule or even a non game schedule with eight conference games and one non conference, uh, and even a ten game with the, just the two non conference, you know, teams normally have four non conference games. So you'll be eliminating some of these these games uh, uh, with FCS group of five teams, and that means they're not getting that big paycheck as money. You know, some of these paid as much as $1.5, $1.8 million uh, for a game. And that is a huge chunk uh, for a program uh, that make, you know, that has a budget of $25, $30 million. Uh, so it's fairly significant. Uh, and, you know, we're going to probably um, end up in uh, court, a lot of these group of five and power five teams, because they're seeking – and FCS too going to be uh, still from these these Power Five teams, but Power Fives are probably either going to try to reschedule and pay the money later, um, or not pay the money at all and use maybe a you know clause in the contract. The enforcement majority clause has been certainly talked about quite a bit, where it's kind of like an act of God happens, and so you can get out of a contract. So there's going to be some legal battles going forward. Ross, when you look at the way this may all fall out, just a, a lot of different things, but you're kind of seeing some blowback, even with the NBA bubble and the way that they're able to test and get rapid results. Y'all had a, a, a really good article. I believe it was earlier this week, or maybe at the tail end of last week that dealt with specifically Tulane and uh, their ability to potentially test these uh, student athletes throughout the season. And some of the ethical uh, concerns about, you know, the the whole of the country maybe not getting their hands on tests or tests with quick results. A really interesting uh, study in itself and that in a, in a well-written article, but uh, just p- potentially the blowback in communities. I mean, we sit here, Jeff and I, and uh, the Deep South, and, and you do too, where football may have a different priority um, than some other communities. Uh, what's this potentially going to look like? as uh, they are trying to get these tests for student-athletes? That's the biggest uh, reason why we might, if we don't have a college football season, uh, this is why we won't have one. It's because of the, uh, you know, as cases rise around the nation, uh, more tests are are needed for people who are symptomatic and sick. Um, And you have hospitals that are, getting overwhelmed in certain places. Uh, and this is why we would not have a football season. There would be a, a scarcity of testing. Uh, you know, college athletics need 
thousands and thousands of tests, uh, tens of thousands, uh, hundreds of thousands of tests if you, for a season, and that's just in football. Um, and, you know, there's a potential that there would be a scarcity of, of tests because of the rising cases around the nation. Uh, there are also slow returns, uh, return delays in, in testing because of, again, inundated labs. And then it's just the optics of it, having a full hospital down the street from a college football stadium where you have, you know, uh, players running into each other who you're going to then test again, you know, the next day or next days. So all of this just contributes to uh, the doubt that college athletic leaders have right now. Ross, if we weren't in the middle of a pandemic, uh, it seems like forever ago that LSU was crowned the champion. What would be the storylines? What would you and Pat and your your organization be writing about what were some of the storylines that uh, you anticipated to be covering right now well you know it's funny because um you know because of the the virus it's it's kind of overshadowed not just the football stuff that that you're talking about the x's and o's stuff the players of the year type stuff it's it's also overshadowed a huge uh sports business storyline and that is nil uh, the name image and likeness debate that is raging across the country um you know we're going to see the ncaa right now is trying to come up with a model you know congress has come up with their model all these states have their nil laws this is a huge storyline it, it really is being overshadowed because of the virus so uh i would be doing a lot with that you know uh and of course we would be doing our normal thing is going to visit new coaches, traveling around a little bit more, visiting teams, uh, writing preview stories. And, you know, we, uh, we're not doing a whole lot of that right now. Once again, we're joined by Ross Dillinger, the college football writer for the Sports Illustrated here on the Stonewalls Barbecue and Catering Hotline. And, and Ross, we've seen certain schools, they've, they've made it public about testing uh, one SEC school, I think, tested over 100 with uh, zero positives. Some SEC schools uh, tested and had, you know, double digits uh, test positive. If we were we're sitting here right now on uh, July the 15th, what is the deadline date, so to speak? I know you've got your ear to the ground listening and talking to different organ- uh, schools and athletic directors and, and presidents of these schools in college football, but what is the absolute – last date that they're going to try to cert, uh, put in place or search for to get some kind of football on the field this fall? I think the date continues to move, you know, and it does. I mean, I remember back in late May, they had a target date of late June, and then um, all of a sudden that became early July, and then it became now it's July, early August. So it's going to probably happen uh, if the cases don't, plateau enough or don't decline uh, we keep rising in cases what's going to delay the season and continue to push it and then that'll push every decision they first have to make the decision to delay the season which right now July early August but after that you know they might announce delay the season new decision date and then delay the season further back into October, and we might have a new decision. So it could continue to move, uh, but right now, 
last week of July, first week of August, somewhere at least you know, reporting on time for Hager now. Ross, the restrictions on um, schools and athletics and, and what they're able to, to actually do is if by some miracle um, start maybe just a week or two later, how far behind are the teams going to be as far as what they've been able to, to practice and do to get ready for a season if it was only delayed a week or two? Well, interesting. Um, you know, we've we've had, uh, you know, a lot of issues with this six-week practice program the NCAA has, has sent out because – Teams are um, they're in different stages of this whole practice program. Some teams are, um, you know, just doing voluntary workouts. Still, some teams are have moved into the next phase of required workouts where you have coaching interaction. Some teams haven't even returned to campus yet. I don't think there's some teams out west haven't returned to campus. Other teams have suspended or paused workouts. Um, so it, it's a good question. I, everybody's on a different timeline. I don't exactly know what the NCA would do. And, and these conferences would do. I don't believe they would give college football like another two weeks of camp. Um, you know, I, I think what they want to do is make a decision before camp starts. And that way you can keep doing whatever enhanced training that, that uh, this new term, that new, uh, new stretch of training they've created, which I think spans the last week of July and the first week of August before camp starts around the 7th. Um, so maybe they keep doing that if they decide before camp begins. But, yeah, it's a really good question because I can't imagine them being allowed two more regular full weeks of practice. But then again, maybe they will. This is, this is a situation where they're, they're, kind of, they're kind of flying by the seat of their pants. They're playing everything, you know, by year. I, I hate to keep using cliches, but that's, that's what they're doing. You know, they know they have to be flexible and make decisions kind of um, – uh, uh, you know, on the spot, so to speak. Ross, during this time, what have you used, man? Has there been uh, something that you've started listening to, watching, reading that has kind of uh, scratched the itch or taken up uh, some of the void uh, through this whole pandemic? Uh, what have you kind of turned to or, or started that you weren't doing before? Um, Netflix. Uh, I never really <laughs> watched much of Netflix at all, and um, I've started Netflix. I've actually I've started to uh, to watch some HBO Go stuff too. So just watching in general, just watching a little more uh, TV and doing a little biking too. I never really biked a whole lot, and I've started to bike around the city a little bit. So well, I'm doing one thing that's pretty lazy: sitting on the couch and watching TV, <laughs> and then another thing I get my I get my workout in a little bit going for the bike ride. Look, you can get a Peloton. You can do both. Kind of badge out and yeah, holler at you to go faster there. Mm-hmm. So, well, Ross, man, we appreciate you taking time for the podcast the, uh, this evening. Uh, continued help to you and uh, keep up the good work, bud. All right, guys. Thanks. Your family's health is our mission. At Highland Community Hospital, and in partnership with Forest Health Systems, we offer a wide range of healthcare options. The Highland Center for Women's Health provides total obstetrical and gynecological care for women of any age. Our goal is quality care for you and your family through the compassionate application of advanced medicine. 
Highland Community Hospital, the best choice for your family. Hayden Sowers, the assistant basketball coach for the men up at Pearl River Community College. And I guess I should say reigning national champs undefeated and all the stuff that should go with that. Hi, Aiden, it should be a little bit better introduction. I'll say that, that, that squad still hasn't been beat, have they, Aiden? Man, that sounds, that sounds fantastic to me. We can roll with it. Oh, man, that's just an awesome uh, year that y'all are coming off of. Didn't uh, quite in uh, the way that you would have liked it. But that was something that was out of y'all's control. Everything was in y'all's control. Y'all did perfectly. So that's about as good as it can be done. So hats off to you and uh, Coach Oney, of course. And Coach Oney, a guy that we've had on a few times. And Hayden, we visited with you a couple times as well. So we wanted to give you a chance. Y'all got a basketball camp coming up. And so we kind of wanted to give you a chance to do a, a commercial infomercial, if you will, on uh, the camp and how people in this community can get signed up for what I know is going to be a phenomenal camp. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll, I'll jump right into it. We're going to do ages seven through 12 on Saturday morning. It's going to be four Saturday in a row, August the 15th, the 22nd, the 29th, September the 5th. And we'll go from eight thirty to noon on, on each day on each Saturday. And it'll be, you know, full pace. It's we're not going. You know, we're going to keep the, the participants lower so they can get as much individual instruction as possible. And um, we're going to go for the 13 to 17 years old. We're going to go Thursday night, starting on August 20th, and then we'll go four Thursdays in a row. That's August 20th, 27th, September the 3rd, and, and September the 10th. That'll be 5.30 to 9 p.m. each Thursday night. Uh, for more information, you contact me at hsowers at prcc.edu or call my cell at 662-610-5591. We'll answer any and all questions. Uh, get you guys signed up. And, and, and really looking forward to getting some of the youth up here and working with our staff, obviously. We'll have former players and our current players in there working with, with, with the campers each and every night. And it's in the gym, huh, Hayden? And, uh, I mean, in the beautiful Coliseum there. So, I mean, that's uh, – for a kid, I mean, for me and Jeff, the first time I saw it, my eyes were – I mean, that's as, uh, as nice as you can get on a community college level. Uh, and, a, and a kid, they're going to feel like they're playing in an NBA facility. Absolutely, absolutely. I believe it is one of the top junior college – facilities in the country and a lot of people comment you know when they come in that it's nicer than, than a lot of division ones so we take pride in it and actually we just did a brand new upgrade on the floor so these guys will be the first the first on the floor so to speak to play on the new floor and it's a really cool design that coach Oni and coach Fletcher our girls coach came up with so it'll it's we're hoping for a big time turnout from the, from the community and, and and really really looking forward to it. And so it was the youngers on uh, Saturday, Saturday and then the correct. olders on Thursday, right? Correct. And, and you don't have to come to all four. You know, if you want to just come to one or two, that's fine. We'll work around it. The main thing is we want as many people, you know, as possible to come in and, and, and enjoy basketball, have some fun during this time. And, you know, whether you're just starting or you're more advanced, we'll split you guys up and, and have ha- have a great time. And Hayden, I saw on the flyer that I reposted on Twitter. If, if you're a parent like mine, I'm kind of concerned with COVID. I saw y'all were going to take some COVID 
precautions too. I mean, I know that's on on folks' mind. It seemed like y'all had that covered up as well. Absolutely. We're going to. I've been in talks with uh, numerous doctors in that profession, and then we got in touch with the uh, state health department that actually worked directly with our school and, and, you know, setting the guidelines for reopening of Pearl River. So any and all things that you can think of, uh, we will have covered. And, and my plan is a week before first date to send out, you know, a document to each and every person that signed up and we'll post it publicly, all, all the things that, that, that we have covered and, and we'll try to prevent, you know, any, any of that. Hey, and I've got a nine year old, Jeff got a boy going into the ninth grade. We send them up there. I'm almost guaranteed a D1 signing. Everybody that's hit that floor lately signing D1. <laughs> Ain't that right, Hayes? Man, we, we, we're proud of those guys. And, 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 you know, a lot of those guys, we're actually going to have uh, – uh, Tay Hardy was on campus today. Hey, look out. You know, first Throw your Southern Miss stuff and send them to camp. I'm going to be the point guard up at Southern Miss next year. So he was our actually our first – First team All American in program history, so he's going to come back, spend some time with the, with the kids, uh, give some instruction. You know, to me, guys that that want to play at that next level, that's a big part of the camp. You ask our guys, our former guys that are at D one, and the guys that are on our team that have a good chance to go D one. You know, different things that they did when they were growing up at the certain ages that all these that all these that all these young guys are. Hey, uh, something I saw that uh, Mr. Hardy did as well was made his grades. Absolutely, 4.0 students. So that's that's the yeah. most. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I'm gonna be in that black and gold too for Coach Wagner. That's a good he's combination. Fired. He's fired up. He came in the office today. Southern Miss basketball head to toe. I love it. I love it. Hey man, we we thank you. We're gonna get you and Coach Oni uh, back on. See what uh, basketball is gonna look like post pandemic. But we wanted to give you a chance to get this information out. So thanks for jumping on with us. And really, really appreciate it. And like I said, any questions that any parents may have, please contact me. And our, our main goal is to, you know, have fun and get better all while staying staying safe. Hey, give them that cell number one more time, man, if you don't mind. Absolutely. My cell is 662-610-5591. And my email address is hsowers, S-O-W-E-R-S, at prcc.edu. Perfect. Thank you, Hayden, man. Have Thank a good you. evening. I'll take care. You too. All right, bud. Now joining the podcast is Jeff Long. He's the athletic director at the Pearl River Community College. And Jeff's a friend of the podcast. He's been on, I know, at least a couple times before. But thanks, Jeff, for uh, jumping back on the podcast with us tonight. Oh, man, my pleasure. I, I appreciate what y'all do, bringing content uh covering our covering our sports and our school and uh we, we we greatly appreciate it i'm always glad to jump on well jeff you said content we appreciate the compliment man but we're needing some like on the field content something you know the title of the show kind of struggles talking ball y'all and we hadn't had any real ball to talk we've talked uh pandemic and we've talked some other stuff but on the field action so let's get right to it uh what what is Pearl River gonna do specifically? I guess we should ask about football in the fall, Jeff. And and do we know yet what the state's gonna do in light of what the NJCA decided um, earlier this week or at the end of last week? Yeah, so I know there's a little bit of confusion out there, uh, understandably, and and we kind of we kind of knew it. We you know we're working towards uh, you know coming up with a 
with a detailed plan and and uh you know the biggest thing is is that you know we wanted the njca and we were hopeful that we would we would uh you know wait until the end of the month to uh you know to come up with a with a plan to give it give it a little more time so we could kind of see what the what the four-year schools were doing um, and kind of see what happened over the next couple of weeks with the, with the pandemic. And, you know, we've been, we've been working uh, step by step with the, with the state health department and, and you know, getting, uh, you know, using them as, as uh, you know, a guide for, for hopefully reopening and, and uh, providing a, a safe environment for our student athletes uh, and, you know, our, our students uh, on campus. Um, but the NJCA really, uh, I think they felt, uh, you know, in some other regions, they need to go ahead and, and make that decision. Uh, so basically what we did was we asked as a, as a, as a conference. And, you know, for those of you that, that are listening that, that really don't know how it works, um, as far as the, the setup of the NJCA and, the, and what we now call the MACCC, uh, we're basically um, aching to the the SEC um, the same way the SEC is to the NCAA. So um, we're we're just a major conference within the NJCAA. Um, so what we asked the NJCAA to do is to give us a couple of more weeks so that we could kind of see what happened and and uh, again see what happened with the four year schools and with the with the uh, with the virus and the pandemic and. And um, you know, see if we could safely reopen uh, and and get back to, to to doing what we do, and that's that's uh you know competing. Um, the NJCA is going to uh, you know work with us in that in that situation. So uh, you know, obviously they've now they've made the decision to move uh, you know all contact sports to the spring and the championship championship seasons to the spring. Um, however, they were they were. Uh, you know, they did give us an option to basically, um, you know, appeal so that we could play in the fall if we if we uh, wanted to. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, if we felt like like it was it was a safe option for us. Um, now we would, because we are in football, we are uh, restricted to the in-state games only uh, every year. Uh, and, you know, in normal years, it really that part of it wasn't wasn't that difficult. You know, the the uh, there's some other things. You know, obviously that. that that make it a little more challenging and and um you know we're trying to wade through that i really feel like uh by by next weekend hopefully we'll we'll have a clear directive and as, as to how we'll go it's jeff's turn to ask a question uh jeff long but uh i gotta jump in and piggyback it, it will be a funky situation if uh if our state decides to, to play football and and that's not the reason i say that but a championship without the Mississippi team uh, will have a major asterisk. I don't know. I, I've read it, and I can't remember it, but how many of the last national champions have come out of this state? And the best football at the junior college level has certainly played in the state of Mississippi. I don't even hesitate to say that. So that I think the powers that be know that, and so that will set them up in a weird situation uh, there to crown a champion if it doesn't involve the Mississippi schools. Yeah, it, it would, it would certainly be, uh, you know, uh, worthy of an asterisk. <laughs> I, I do believe, um, you know, I think six out of the last nine years, uh, the, the national champ has come out of the state of Mississippi. Uh, and, and, you know, really, of course, East Mississippi 
East Mississippi's had their run. Um, but you know, we've, we've had, you know, within the last, um, you know, I think 15 years, um, we've had, we've had four, uh, at least four schools that have won a national championship. So, yeah, much like the SEC West, to be honest, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, they've had, I know they've had a run with, with, uh, and, and the SEC having, I think they've got 14 schools, uh, again, as I'm comparing it, you know, to on a smaller scale to what we do, but, uh, they, they've, uh, you know, had multiple, multiple national championships and that, that shows, you know, the, the strength of the conference and even schools that hadn't won, of course, Pearl River, um, Northwest. Gulf Coast and uh, East Mississippi, uh, I believe, have all won. And then, you know, even schools that, that uh, like Colin have, have had really strong teams that were worthy of, of uh, national championship considerations on, on some years. Uh, so, you know, it's uh, it's obviously a strong league. Um, you know, we feel like uh, that the, the most, you know, well-balanced league and run top to bottom uh, in our, our, our league is, is uh you know at the top there so yeah it would be it would be uh it would be a little strange not to have uh you know some a mississippi school playing uh in, in that championship so you know a lot of those things we have to we of course we have to weigh we want to do what's best for our kids but you know at the end of the day uh it's just it's certainly a challenge moving moving from a fall to a spring uh for so many different reasons but uh i certainly uh, we're gonna we're gonna always have a great relationship with the njcaa no matter no matter what happens uh, this fall, um, you know, really, really, uh, they're going to be supportive of uh, if we if we did make that decision, uh, you know, and, and they know we will have our reasons. So we'll see what happens. I know, uh, you know, I've I've been in contact with with all the ads across the state, and with you know, sat in on the president's meeting last week, and we'll we'll get back with those guys again uh, here on Tuesday, and and um, you know, hopefully we'll st- we'll start hashing out a plan, and like I said, get. By the end of next week, hopefully we'll we'll be able to move forward. Once again, we're visiting with Jeff Long, the athletic director for Pearl River Community College here on the Stonewalls Barbecue and Catering uh, Hotline. And, and Jeff, uh, what does it look like right now on the campus? And I'm going to use that frame, uh, phrase on the campus because a lot of things uh, aren't opening back up uh, with this the pandemic going on. But uh, how, how are things kind of progressing – even with the football team, the basketball team, uh, you've got first-year head coach Seth Smith there, and, and what a, what a way to start his coaching career uh, at Pro River Community College with everything going on with this pandemic. But how are things kind of gearing up to start this uh, fall semester on campus with the student athletes, and will there be testing? How will that kind of procedure go uh, if everything goes into place uh, with the MACC? Yeah, so uh, you know, as far as uh, the campus goes, you know, normally during this time we we have uh, you know football and men's basketball on campus working out. Um, you know, we have we have rules we have to follow with the NJCA. We get we pretty much get eight hours a week uh, where we can condition. Um, you know, within the within the confines of our our facilities and our and and with our coaches. So. You know, usually during this time, we uh, we have you know 75 to 80 football players here, and then we have you know our basketball team here. So it's a little bit different, of course, not seeing those uh, those guys here. One thing we have, uh, we've actually started to, to at least return to a little bit of normalcy is we we have uh, we have hosted a, a lot of baseball, and we've got we've got two different collegiate leagues. 
playing on uh, Monday through Wednesday night and playing three or four games a day. And then we've got, um, we've got a lot of, of, uh, you know, 15 to 18 year old, uh, travel teams, Louisiana Knights and 2D sports and, and some of those guys, uh, playing on our campus, uh, Thursday through, through Sunday. So we're, we've, we've had some really good baseball. It's actually been, been great to see. I snuck out there a couple of times just to, to see. We've got a lot of guys, uh, that play in the SEC and playing Conference USA and a lot of JUCO guys playing. So that's, that's been, a that's been a you know refreshing at least we've had uh we've had some i saw greerwood's son was batting right underneath in the lineup gabe montiego i was like man that's the usm guy <laughs> and blaze piled into the same lineup i thought that was pretty cool yeah yeah they they uh they're on the same team like i said I, I, there's there's two different leagues and and uh you know, a lot of guys, even even you know, reaching out to other states and, and, and on the JUCO and Division One level, we've got we've got some guys. Um, you know, in those leagues, you got Hayden Dunhurst, I think, is playing on on one of those teams, uh, and a couple other guys from Ole Miss. You got Landon Jordan and a couple of guys from State uh, playing, and and then yeah, Blaze and 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 Gabe are on the same team. So yeah, it's pretty. It's really really good baseball. Um, of course, we have got a lot of Pearl River guys playing, and uh, you know we don't have a bad squad either. Um, they're they're, uh, they're out there. So, yeah, it's been a it, it's really really been a great deal for us. You know, really what wasn't planned. Um, and once we were given the green light uh, to go ahead with it, uh, that then uh, we were we were contacted by some of those leagues and we're able to get them on campus. And uh, you know we got some social distancing uh, rules and and uh, uh, things going on uh, when 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 fans enter the stadium and. Uh, of course, thankfully, with our new stadium and we've got all the chair backs on both ends now, we've got enough room to to do that and and and, and social distance as well. So that's that's actually been a blessing. But yeah, um, so we're, we are getting uh, getting back a little bit. We had we've had a couple of uh, uh, dance recitals in our in our fine arts uh, facility, and then um, we're we're starting to get there. You know, uh, a little bit, a little by little. You know, these this thing's changing so much, as y'all know, mm. from week to week. Um, I would say, you know, a month ago, if you asked me, would we would we be testing? I would say, you know, absolutely, we would we would test everybody. Uh, and as things have evolved, and and we've gotten again, we're working with Dr. Dobbs at the, at the state health department. He's been on several Zoom meetings with us, uh, with the presidents, and kind of just going step by step on how we're gonna we're gonna you know re-enter this thing and. Um, I'm, I don't have an answer for exactly what our protocol will be. Uh, it, it, it's going a little bit more towards, uh, you know, screening, daily screenings versus, uh, you know, testing just because uh, what's one, one thing we figured out is, you know, unless you have, uh, y'all heard the term bubble, uh, that, that's one reason these, these pro, pro leagues are going to be able to kind of get back going a little quicker than and, and easier than, than others is that, you know, when you're able to put them in a bubble and, and test them and you know you kind of you kind of know who they're around uh if you're not able to do that and, and have the resources you don't have the resources to do that then then it's a little more difficult those are some of the challenges that smaller division one schools and then you know junior college schools are going to face is, is uh you know those that just having the resources to to be able to to provide uh you know the bubble that you need to, to keep those guys together so that's We'll have a we'll have a, a a protocol for not only you know every specific team but even stuff like the weight room and the locker room and 
you know, there's just there's so much to, to, to take into consideration. And as you can tell, a lot of challenges that, that we're going to face trying to trying to open back up. But, you know, it's it's uh, we're we're so excited about it. We've been four or five months, you know, sitting here and, and uh, you know, not not knowing what's next. And we're just glad that, that, that we got to even though we're, we're still, you know, hopefully about a week away from knowing athletics for the fall. We are glad that we, we we're moving in on, on the weekend of August. 15th and 16th right now getting our students back on campus and and uh you know getting getting back to to living life so that we're, we're excited about that jeff the facilities there and then the talent that's been put out particularly in baseball and basketball over the last two years really you said small colleges when you're talking about bubbles and it came to mind um the talent that's been on campus uh, through some through some crazy stuff here lately, but uh, the last two years, in particular, baseball and basketball, uh, the folks that have been able to go play and sign, whether it be uh, Major League Baseball free agent contracts, uh, Division One, just specifically those two programs, it's been incredible, hasn't it? Yeah, you know, I think there's been a a little bit of a shift, uh, you know, on our campus, and one thing. Dr. Beerwood and I talked about, you know, a few years ago was, was, uh, you know, just kind of trying to get over the hump to where, you know, we're competing nationally in, in, in these sports. And, uh, you know, I think uh, there's been several factors that have kind of helped us get there with, with, uh, with, with several of our sports. And, you know, one thing is, uh, you know, we've had, even going back to Dr. Lewis, just the, the commitment to, to, to resources and, and, you know, providing facilities for, our, you know, and having a vision uh, for fundraising and some things that we've done. And, and I'll give our head coaches a lot of credit for that too, uh, you know, and, and, and getting to that point, you know, uh, that's, that's, that's where you lay your foundation is, you, you know, we're in a great, great area, great recruiting area. And then you add in, uh, you know, just really energetic, high energy, uh, you know, great leaders of those programs and, and, you know, it kind of becomes a perfect storm as far as, uh, you know, being able to recruit and, and, and you know, uh, target the, the top players in the state and the top players in the surrounding states. And, and um, you know, it's, it's, it's taken a little bit of time uh, to, to get there. But, you know, um, I, I know it's, it, we're really proud of, of those programs. And I think some of our other programs uh, are, are really – you know, right on the cusp of some of that. We've been nationally ranked, I know, in, in uh, men's and women's soccer, and, and you know, two programs that really have, have done well in our state. And, I'm uh, glad you, you mentioned know. that. Patrick Oates would have been listening and thinking, that dang sweet left out soccer, and I'm going to kick him. So I'm glad, I'm glad you covered me up on Patrick's ass. So thank you for that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm just – I know if I had hockey, you know, Patrick would oh, really yeah. – uh, That's right. Hockey. Um, but yeah, you know, honestly, you know, Patrick's been a part of, uh, that, uh, of that ascension as well. You know, Patrick and Patrick and Mark do a terrific job with, with, uh, with those, with that, with that part of it. And that's, you know, it's, it's so important today, but man, we've really, um, you know, I think it's, like I said, I, I just remember when I, when I took the job and I was as athletic director, as, uh, you know, hearing Dr. Lewis and Dr. Brewwood's, uh, you know, vision for what we want to do. And, and, um, you know, I, I, I got to give them credit. Just, just great mentors. And they always focused on, you know, you gotta, 
you know, it's, it's one day at a time and it's, it's focusing on building your, you know, building your foundation. It goes from, you know, you get, you get good people as, as leaders of your programs and, and, um, you know, as, as things fall into place, I think, uh, you know, some of the things again that we've been able to do, uh, fundraising and upgrading facilities, uh, and, you know, want to, want to make sure I, I mentioned our board of trustees and our, our, uh, you know, VP of business and, and, and operations, they, they really help us with, with some of those things. Uh, and, 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 you know, understanding that, you know, the, the, what, what it brings to an institution when you, when you, you know, you, you're able to bring in bright, uh, and, and great players and bright young, young men and women that, that represent your, your institution out when they, when they go out. So yeah, it's been, a, it's been a fun ride for those programs. I'll be honest, you know, the, the, uh, I think the standard really for, for, um, you know, baseball and, and, and men's basketball and our, our women's basketball, you know, is, has really, uh, over the, over the last couple of years, it's just been a, an ascension as it keeps getting better. We're, we've, we've gotten better every year. Coach Fletcher's been there and now, you know, we've, we've made the playoffs, you know, a couple of years in a row. And I think we're set to have our best team uh, this coming year. I'm really excited about that. I think Coach Oney, uh, is, they're going to be, uh, really solid again. And, and Coach Avalon, I think, you know, again, with, with soccer, they're, they're, um, we've, we've been a staple in the state, uh, since, since soccer's come, come on board. And, um, I think we'll continue to do that. Coach Meeks at softball, we've, we've really started to, to, to tap into, to bringing some great talent in, in there as well. Uh, and just man, it's just there's so much positivity on campus, and we we certainly don't want to lose that momentum. I, I think, you know, Dr. Brewer has been big when when we've had discussions on just you know having to maintain that momentum. So we're we're excited. I think I think we're set up, and and I know you know it was disappointing for especially uh, you know for for Coach Avalon and Coach Meeks to have a season cut short because I know how much work goes into it. But you know we'll be ready. Uh, I think we'll be ready and and have really good rosters for for all of our sports here in the next. Uh, upcoming year. Jeff, we'll we'll ask one more man, and then uh, we'll get let you get to your family. The the hurdles and the obstacles to for for this state to potentially do uh, what the national organization is looking at to do football. Of course, Jeff and I have covered uh, football uh, there on campus, and there were years I can remember the national championship uh year coach hatton and that group i want to say 22 or 23 guys signed division one scholarships now that was at a time uh, i guess i'm dating myself but that's been 15 years ago you didn't have as many people now you did but uh, i guess what i'm getting at jeff sometimes you'll see a football roster flip over in, in january particularly in our space when uh, teams are loaded up and uh, schools are coming in and getting those kids uh, in January. Is it even possible in our state to flip it? Yeah, I think that's uh, you know obviously outside of of uh, the virus and and making sure that we we uh, you know have an environment that's that we're putting our kids in a in, in a healthy environment to to compete. Uh, the, the next biggest challenge is is trying to understand you know that. We're we're so unique in that we're the only association that that you know is you know one of our primary goals is you know we're we're taking kids that, that play for two years and then getting them ready to transfer to a to a four year a lot of times that's NCAA Division One and 
And so that's why it's been very important that we try to align and stay with, with uh, what the NCAA is doing uh, with football uh, in particular. Um, and I, it's, it's other sports as well, but with football, you know, you've got, uh, you know, you, you, it's uh, a kid today, um, his value uh, leaving in December um, and getting that extra spring practice has become uh, just about a necessity uh for, for a kid uh, to sign with a major Division One school. Um, and there's there's always exceptions to that. Um, guys with, with with rare ability and guys that play certain positions, you know, of course, uh, you know, an Ole Miss or an LSU or Mississippi State will come in, you know, and, and, and sign them in May. But uh, for the most part, you know, we, we have tailored a lot of our stuff as far as uh, our, our academic advisement to – Getting those those guys out in three semesters, uh, getting them out at Christmas, so they're they're just so much more valuable to, and they're so much more recruitable. Um, so that that's the biggest challenge. All of the guys in this league now, um, and of course some schools, you know, uh, as always, some schools more than others. But you know, for the most part now, you you've got probably ninety percent of your guys that are scheduled to graduate. Um, you know, during during the the December. Uh, graduation and, and after the first semester, so that that's a that's a huge challenge, you know. And I think um, you know what what we don't know is how many guys would 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 um, you know want to play. Um, you know, obviously you're gonna have those guys that, that really love football and they you know it's been their dream to play college football and, and and they may be they may be set up to sign with a smaller school or or you know they may even be you know set up to to move on to another academic program and, and not participate in football after this. So those, you know, we want to keep those guys in mind as well um, when, when we talk about spring football. So, you know, as far as can it be done, uh, you know, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a tough question. I know there's, there's a lot of those things that we're considering. Um, you know, I know, I know some football is better than, than no football. And so uh, I think it, it, it's really, you know, going to come down to, to some of those those answers and and you know i think uh, you know a lot of the a lot of the coaches are certainly uh you know uh trying to figure out what you know what their roster might look like in the spring so you know again i think those are challenges that are ahead of us and you know we're certainly gonna gonna make those decisions with our with with the best interest of our student athletes in mind you know and again health will always be first and then and then we'll go from there as far as getting those guys recruited and signed to four-year schools. Yes, one more, and then this is a short one, I promise you. But how late can uh, y'all as an organization and as a state wait? Is there is there a deadline like, okay, we've got to decide by this to get it in in the fall? Have, have y'all talked about that? Yeah, you know, we've we've if if we stay with our current schedule um you know we've moved the season back to september 10th and right. when we were making those decisions you know that was kind of based on a start date of august 2nd for our for our players um which is which is uh you know two weeks basically two weeks before school starts and and before we would move in the dorms normally you know outside of our our fall sports so you know, really, we're we're certainly uh, running out of time and and uh, to to kind of get that going. So, you know, I really feel like, uh, you know, if not by next weekend, you know, by the by the middle of the following week, you know, there twenty seventh, twenty eighth of July is going to be pretty much uh, where where we would have to have to have a decision made. So, you know, the good thing about that is we don't we don't we won't have much longer to wait. You know, 
you know, just talking with Cody Smith. Y'all know his personality. He, <laughs> hey. he wants to know what we're doing. He wants to know well, what we're doing. He's patient as he can be yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he's, he's really grown in his, in his patience uh, over the past six months. So, um, yeah, we'll, mercy. yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, I think, I think we're really looking at probably July 27th as a date by, by the time we have to make a, a decision by. Jeff, man, we can't thank you enough for the time tonight and, uh, as you said, the content, man, some, putting some meat to this. So, uh, thank you and continuing success. Of course, Jeff and I love the river. So y'all keep it up. I appreciate it, man. Look forward to seeing y'all, uh, here in the fall. All right, Jeff. Thank you, buddy. Bye. All right. See y'all. Your family's health is our mission. At Highland Community Hospital and in partnership with Forest Health Systems, we're reshaping the mammography experience. We are the only facility in the region offering a 3D mammogram with the lowest patient dose of radiation, all with increased comfort and confidence. Our goal is quality care for you and your family through the compassionate application of advanced medicine. Highland Community Hospital, the best choice for your family. We are excited to have Don Henton. He's the executive director of the Mississippi High School Activities Association. And Don, uh, we just promised you we wouldn't hold you up or beat you up. We know you've been a busy man the last uh, couple of days. Just uh, kind of walk us through what the meeting and then the media after. Because uh, so many people have had their ears to the ground and kind of waiting to see uh, what this body decided to do with uh, fall athletics here in the state of Mississippi. Yeah, thanks again for having me on. Yeah, and I think we've, we've talked a lot about we do have an executive committee of 15 administrators around the state representing their their districts, and they we met yesterday, and again, uh, we've been just like we did back in the spring. We try we were trying to um, pretty much wait as long as we could and just to, just to monitor daily and weekly and get continue to get uh, – input and information from all of our sports medicine people and until we made our decision and of course as we got get closer to the fall we went ahead and made that decision reached the consensus yesterday and great discussion uh you know we were in a couple of hour meeting on this and so uh that to delay that we we knew after the last meeting we, we hoped that our first option would be to delay uh for a period of time rather than any kind of cancellation or any kind of moving our sports seasons around. So we really feel like that we made the, the, a good decision at, at the right time. However, as we say, it's at this time, and again, uh, but hopefully hopefully we'll be able to move forward with our plan. And again, that is to delay uh, our fall sports, each of those, for two weeks. Uh, we've got the volleyball and the cross country and the swimming, which again, normally started on uh, July 27. Move, we've moved that to start on August the 10th, and, and the football, which normally is, would have started this year on August the 3rd, we moved that to the 17th. So, again, guidelines in place. Uh, we'll continue to work on those, too, as we get closer to keep our uh, student-athletes safe. Um, you know, a couple of decisions we had to make with our band and, and, and so forth with fall champion, uh, marching and all those kinds of things. But still a lot of, still a lot of questions and things to work on. You know, Don, and, and with the the release of this statement talking about delaying the, the season for two weeks, basically you're taking the current schedule uh, of the high school games, junior varsity games, uh, seven, eighth grade games, you're taking the current, the current schedule and just doing away with the first two weeks, not making them up 
and then just starting week three, so to speak. What are you and the committee as far as looking and continuing to monitor this stuff just in case there's a flare-up? I mean, people, kids are going to start school back. If you see numbers rise in positive uh, tests or, or, or student athletes getting sick and stuff like that, uh, when do y'all plan on maybe meeting again? Of course, y'all meet all the time and talk, but uh, maybe yeah. making some adjustments to this if there uh, needs to be adjustments. Yeah, we do, and again, we we will have Friday, and again this Friday with our sports medicine, our our, our physicians and sports oriented folks and athletic trainers and ads, and that we'll meet again Friday. We talk that over, continue to try to make plans for the fall. But again, it's just a you know if you count up from the to the first day, we were somewhere close to a little after fifty days, and so before that that first contest in football, and so still still kind of still out there for a ways. And so, you know, and you know, y'all know how things change on a daily basis. And so, uh, you, you know, you try to make a decision today and something changes tomorrow. So we're just going to keep on like we've been doing. We've been doing this again since March uh, and, and waiting to see and looking and trying to, again, to, you know, continue to make the very best decisions that we can based on the, the data and the information that we continue to get. And that's it. We just, I listened again to the governor's, uh, comments today in the State Department of Health. We stay in contact with our schools and starting school. And, you know, our administrators have been doing the same thing, bless their hearts. They've been trying to get our, 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 our students back into school. And that, so they've been facing the same dilemmas about safety and, and trying to trying to get back to school and what's a good starting date. And if something happens, what are we going to do? And so, again, we'll just keep working towards those dates that we have. And if we have to you know, Justin will do that. But right now, again, we feel like we've made a good trick. Yeah, once again, we're joined by Don Hinton, the executive director for the Mississippi High School Activities Association here on the Stonewalls Barbecue and Catering Hotline. And, Don, I seen where in, in the press release uh, after the meeting yesterday, uh, a lot of, I'm sure it was a lot of questions that was asked to you and people were writing uh, on different things about the attendance as far as it's going to be allowed into the stadiums. And we're I'm talking to me and Clay are from – broadcaster's point of view but also i'm talking from an, a parent because my son uh is a, a freshman in high school this yeah. year playing and you said you were going to leave it up to the the state the the medical professions but how much are is the role of this uh the committee you and the committee gonna maybe play uh in that with the high schools and with the different uh organizations as far as attendance wise uh and how how might that look this fall yeah, we're we're hoping again. You were talking about capacity and stadium capacity and and spacing and all those different things. Twenty five percent of capacity, or in fact, of course, you talk gymnasiums and are fifty percent out. We're hope we we are hoping that our gov through our communication with our Department of Health and in our governor's office that they're going to give us. We want we want it clarified and we want to have clear understanding of when we put these numbers out there for capacity and for uh, attendance and for all these things, group, group, uh, they're not talking about bars and restaurants and, uh, and that they're talking, we're talking about high school facilities and high school events, interscholastic high school. But y'all know all summer long, you know, you look up and you see the photos and you ride by the ballparks and you see the little the, 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 uh, the baseball and everything going on. And those things are happening. And of course, for us, it'll be, you know, we're, we are, as educators, going to be responsible and accountable to make sure that we 
take care of our folks regardless of what everybody else is doing. But yet we won't, you know, we'd rather say, okay, let's all wear masks and let's all come to the game. We'll take care of, you know, we'll may take a temperature or something coming in and let our schools handle some of that. We will, we are working on a host school checklist, which means there's some, these are some guidelines and possible restrictions. If I'm hosting an event, hosting a game, these are the things we're going to do and, and those kinds of things. So, once again, as we, as we get closer, uh, we'll hopefully we'll know a little bit more about whether we can would have to have an attendance uh, restriction, would have to have a, a seating capacity, and all those kinds of things. And uh, we'll, we'll just again we'll just we'll just wait and see. But we hope to have more clarity, and we want it to be based on our high school sports and not based on what we're doing at the beach. Don, when you look at uh, the decisions that y'all are having to make how are the coaches and uh the just everybody involved as, as far as uh checking the temperatures doing what you're at how have you seen them respond the different athletic directors uh cheerleading coaches uh football coaches what's been the response how how have we done across the state so far of shutting down when it needs to be shutting down and and staying safe well, I, I think after announcement yesterday, they're just so excited and and uh, and glad to be able to know that they're going to be able to get back on the fields and courts and so forth and on. And so I, I have bragged on our schools because I we have checked and I've talked with when I would talk to an administrator, or an AD, or a coach, they would be proud to. And you could see some video of how they they're doing some things and some videos that they made. Of taking care of their, their uh, of their athletes, and I, I've been we've been very proud, and I bragged on them thus far through the summer on on the seriousness uh, that they take that how serious they taken this, and that they are taking care of their uh, athletes. But now we, we have them for two hours, but in a day we're not sure where they are or what they're doing those other that, uh, hours mm-hmm. of the day, and, and so that's very difficult. You know, I I got our folks take care of their athletes and and sanitize and 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 do all those things and coming into the weight room, but then when they leave, they group up and go to McDonald's and 10 or 12 together. And so that's just been a kind of a difficult thing. But I, but I think our, our school folks have been been, uh, been great uh, thus far. Well, Don, Jeff and I can't thank you enough for taking time. We know you've been awfully busy, and uh, we know that it's a Wednesday evening. You could be doing a ton of other things, but we appreciate you taking time once again for the podcast and we both wanted to say we we noticed you were retiring in december so we want to say congratulations on that and we see the state's going to get their money's worth out of you all the way up until that market looks like <laughs> thank you i, I think i'm a, a little over 40 years in education and and you know that's that's what i've done uh, my whole career and it's just been a pleasure to because you develop relationships uh just like guys just like you so i, I appreciate that a whole lot Thank you, Don, man. Continue help to you and continue success. And we'll check back in maybe mid-October when we're about halfway through a normal high school football year. How's that sound? Well, I'm sure when something happens, if something happens in a couple of weeks, I'll get a call from you guys. That'd be fine. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Don. Thank you, guys. Thank you, buddy. All right. Bye.